0: Great start. Um, anyway, um, my last podcast with Emma was taken down uh, for several reasons. One, the audio was all messed up. Two, it wasn't our best work. And three, Spotify didn't like it. So that's awesome. Um, we're going to be recording that again when she and I are together in the same state. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but if you're not already following the Instagram, my Instagram for this podcast is at IWRA Podcast. Um, Alright, so this podcast is very not towards a specific schedule, very much whenever I want to rant, very much whenever I want to ramble. So that is why uh, my upload schedule has been so weird, Um, but I'm excited to record this podcast because it's been a long time coming. Um, And yeah, let's get started. So if you weren't aware I did transfer schools. I used to go to Florida Southern College and now I just transferred to Illinois Wesleyan University. University um, and I just kind of want to talk about my transfer story because I've noticed whenever I did transfer I am not the only student athlete that is experiencing those feelings that I was experiencing so um, and my story isn't just unique to me there's a lot of people who have very similar stories to me so and I felt like it'd be a great um, platform to kind of touch on some of the huge issues that I dealt with um, in my life because, you know, I like to ramble. So, um, I, let me just kind of give you my life story a little bit. Um, so, whenever I committed to go to Florida Southern, I was very young. I was a jun- going into junior year of high school, and it was um, one of those things where it was too good of an opportunity to, opportunity to pass up, and I committed, and I was super excited, and pretty much leading up until my senior year, I was fully ready, fully excited, and COVID happened. And, I, you know, all of us know COVID kind of put a wrench in literally everything. I didn't have a senior year for my soccer season because in the state of Illinois, it's spring soccer, whereas in most places, it's fall or winter soccer. So um, I had a club season in the fall, but there's something really special about high school soccer, especially my high school soccer team, and that was going to be my year, you know, where I was going to get more awards, be a team captain, lead these young kids into something that they don't even know yet. Um, And so for that to just kind of fall all over the place kind of led me in a very deep sadness, as many of us felt. Um, And everybody knows, especially if you're a soccer player, if you don't play soccer you kind of lose your touch a little bit, you get a little rusty. Um, And that's true in all different kinds of sports. but. With soccer, there's something called being in shape, and then there's being in soccer shape. And being in soccer shape, you really can't replicate unless you're, like, doing it every single day, you know, in games, in it, like, in the grind. Um, And so I hadn't played soccer for months. And then with 2020, with COVID, my school, Florida Southern, said, okay, only freshmen are allowed on campus and nursing majors. So my fall of 2020 freshman year was kind of a joke because it wasn't a full campus, There was only freshmen there, plus, you know, some nursing majors here and there. Um, And practices for me were just, okay, you're going to get your own ball, you're going to get your own set of cones, and you're going to wear a mask outside in Florida heat. And I was miserable. (laughs) I was so – nobody on my team grew as a soccer player in that period of time because it was just, like, so not what soccer is. Um, And I just was, like – I was really sad. I was, like, damn, I really just didn't have much of a fall – At all. And we didn't have a season, and so I played no soccer games, and what we did do was very limited. Um, And, uh, you know, fall of your freshman year as a college student is supposed to be a really transformative time where you learn a lot about, you know, who your friends are, what you like doing as a college student, what it's like to be independent, what it's like if you're a college athlete, what it's like to just be in the grind of preseason. And I never had any of that. And some people may call it a blessing because you had more time to kind of transition, but I think it's a curse, because I, I, I really just didn't know what I was in for, <laughs> um, you know, so I was like, okay, already there's a girl who transferred, and I was like, I'm just gonna give Florida Southern a chance, because this isn't really what it's supposed to be like, this is just uh, bad circumstances, so spring rolls around, and I'm just so eager to play a game, I hadn't played a game in a year at this point, because it was February- of 2020, the last time I played an actual soccer game, and we're coming into the, you know, January era of Florida Southern soccer, and for spring season, you only have, like, three or four games. Um, I want to say my freshman year, our spring season was three games. I'm not quite sure, actually. It's kind of a blur. Um, But I was really excited, you know, to get my foot on the ball, to finally, like, be able to, like, play soccer with other people. um, But the practices, the environment of the practices weren't really conducive to what our team needed. Um, At the time, and also not to mention, there was a lot of disorderedness like in those practices, because at Florida Southern, if you came in contact with anybody who had COVID, everybody on my team had to quarantine. Um, And if you had COVID, obviously you had to quarantine. Uh, But the quarantine at the time was two weeks. Now, my freshman year in total, we quarantined four times, which means that's eight weeks of being in isolation by yourself (laughs) at one of these apartments. Um, only one of the times I actually had COVID, uh, and I was down bad when I had COVID. I would get up once a day to go pee and go get my food, and that is it. I was every single symptom you could think of with COVID I had. Um, so that's eight weeks of just solitude. And, of course, like, you can talk to people. You can FaceTime people. But, like, honestly, I didn't want to. I was like, I am miserable. I'm depressed. I don't want to be here. Um, there's cockroaches in my kitchen right now. <laughs> You know, so it's a very depressing time, and when we did have soccer practices, they would just get disrupted with quarantines, Um, and I had a game, like, uh, a couple games here and there, but when you go into college soccer, like, honestly, you need a preseason to prepare you for, like, the level, you know, and I just felt like I never had that, and so my first game as a college athlete, I didn't really see much of the ball, and I wasn't myself, and I was, you know, upset. Because a, a lot of athletes experience this, but we like to place our value as people as how we're playing on the field. And I was in that rut for a long time when I was in Florida Southern. And I was like, wow, I played like shit. I feel like shit. I'm a shitty person. And I kept going in and out of quarantine, blah, 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 blah. And this doesn't mean that I had a, like a completely terrible spring semester. Like I had fun um, and I made a lot of memories. But there were a lot of dark times too that I just, you know, have a hard time forgetting about. um. And so, I played a couple games here and there, but it wasn't much of a season, and my exit meeting, we have these meetings at the end of each semester, uh, um, to just talk about, you know, where we are, where we want to be for the next season, yada, 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 and I just felt like my coaching staff had no faith in me. I just felt like, okay, they're already counting me out because all of this year I wasn't playing to where I know I can play. Um. I was just so out of it, you know, there was so much chaos. And so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to transfer because I'm going to give Florida Southern another year because there's a lot of things that made Florida Southern not great um, my freshman year. Like soccer, you know, the dining hall wasn't what it usually is. The dorms weren't, the situation with the dorms weren't what they usually are. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give them another chance. This isn't a normal year. And then I the summer happens, um, and I completely break every single thing in my lower leg. Everything you can imagine. Uh, all the ligaments, the ankle, the leg, whatever, everything you can think of, I broke. Um, it was a pretty bad injury, and I did it from falling down the stairs. And that is a whole different podcast. <laughs> it's so stupid. I hate it so much, but it's my reality. Um, and so I was out for six months um, when that happened. So I was not going to play my fall season. There's just no way (laughs) that was happening. I suffered a pretty severe injury. I mean, I was miserable all that summer, you know, in a wheelchair, in a scooter, in casts, in crutches, the whole nine yards. Um, So, I was redshirted my sophomore year, and that was our first fall season, like, back to normal, and I was so depressed. That was a very depressing time in my life, because any athlete knows when you're injured, and you're on the sidelines, it sucks. It's horrible. Because you're just watching your teammates do things that you want to do. Even if it's difficult. Even if you're they're in the middle of a very difficult game, and they're grinding it out, you want to be there beside them. Because that's what teammates do. And you can't be there for them. You're just sitting there watching, taking notes. And um, my coaching staff kind of... Once you're injured, they just use you as an equipment helper. Um, and of course... Like I said previously, I, I placed my value as a person based off of what I was doing athletically. And if I'm not doing anything athletically, and if I'm in crutches or my, in a boot and my foot swollen and I'm unhappy, how do you think that makes me feel as a person? I felt like shit. I would, you know, record a game and my team huddle would be down there and I wasn't in that huddle. That's an isolating feeling. Or, you know, I was forced to... Do laundry at midnight in our athletic department building by myself, because everybody else was to play a ge- was supposed to play a game the next day, and I wasn't because I was injured. And so it was things like that where I was so isolated. I felt alone, and it doesn't matter, you know, what anyone could have said. I was just I was so miserable and I was unhappy, and I didn't want to go to practices because I just knew that all I would be doing was sitting on the side, like wishing I was a part of that, and. That was really hard. And I would have conversations with my trainer, Kat. God bless Kat. I love her. Um, And, you know, her and I would just talk about life. And I I realized that there's a lot more to just life. There's a lot more to life than just soccer. But in this period of time, all I was was a soccer player. And when you can't play, that sucks. That's horrible. And, you know, the season ends up happening. And uh, I'm not even, like, the only thing I can do athletically is, like, jog towards the end and lift weights upper body but I couldn't even lift weights with my team because my nursing schedule was co- conflicting with our lifting time because our lifting time was kind of crappy um so was our practice time our practice time was 11 to 1 during this period of time now that is so hot like because if we're in Florida it's the fall and 11 to 1 and some people had twelve fifteen class so it was just kind of a mess so I would you know go to practice for an hour because I had a 1215 class but I would just sit there so it's not like I really needed to be there but I was there because you know those are my teammates and then they had lift at three and I had p- I had class 305 to 415 because we weren't supposed to practice in the afternoon and so I would the only thing I could do was lift and I couldn't even do that with my team because I'd do it by myself with our athletic trainer not athletic trainer our personal uh, fitness coach and so I would you know get a good workout in but it wasn't with my teammates. And a huge part of college athletics is just being with your team and being one unit together. And I didn't even have – I had nothing of that. And so, of course, like when we hung out outside of soccer, we were a team, of course. But it's like the nitty-gritty athletic stuff, I just didn't feel like I was on the team. Um, And then the very last practice of the year before winter break, I was actually allowed to play in it. I put my cleats on. I didn't go crazy or anything, but I had so much fun because I was like – oh my god, I can play now. I can play freely. And I was so pumped to get the spring season started to show everyone, like, okay, look how hard I'm working. I'm working my ass off in the training room, like, trying to get better so that I can play to my fullest ability. And our, my exit meeting, I just, you know, the same feelings of, wow, he has no faith in me. Like, this guy doesn't really believe I can play on this team the way I originally wanted to play on this team. And All I want as a student athlete is just to play. Like, that's all I want. It's my release. And I feel like they're already doubting me. And so I had this mentality going into winter break, like, okay, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a beast. I'm going to come back so fit. I'm going to come back, you know, with good touches on the ball. And if you know anything about Central Illinois, there's no indoor soccer facilities near us. So the soccer part, I mean, I would juggle in my garage, but the actual, like, playing soccer never happened for me. I lifted weights. I ran a lot in the gym, but the contact soccer wasn't in my scope. I guess, um, and the huge a huge part of coming back from an injury like I like an injury like mine when it was severe is being able to just play again and not have that fear of getting <laughs> like hit. Basically, soccer is a super contact sport, um, especially in the women's game. Like we don't flop, so we're just gonna take all the hits that we take and a huge fear of mine coming back was, okay, somebody's going to tackle me, and my leg's just going to break all over again, and I'm going to have to do this all over again, and so when I came back for practice, I was so pumped, and I had kind of put this false narrative in my mind that I was ready, that I was fully going to, you know, just kick ass, and then practice starts, and the drills are kind of, you know, funky, and I was so scared of getting hit that I wasn't playing to my fullest, and it was a mental block for me, because I was like, okay, well, I know I could do it, but what's what's stopping me is so mental. And so, um, you know, practices start up. I'm getting in the groove of things, but I'm not playing to where I want to play. And it's frustrating to me. And I have meetings with my coach like, okay, I really want to start. I really want to play. What do I need to do? And I would get answers like, okay, well, so-and-so is doing this. And I'm like, well, I'm not that person. I'm Grace Spader. What can Grace Spader do? for her to play and so it was like very wishy-washy conversations that would circle back and um I started to develop a playing anxiety that was crippling it was unlike anything I had experienced and I at this point of my like time was just so frustrated with how I was playing because I was so scared and I finally you know was starting to get over the hump of getting scared but then I you know developed this playing anxiety And I would literally puke before practices because I was so anxious. And it was, like, comments that I I, I remember hearing from my coaching staff. I remember hearing these comments, and they would just, like, sink into my brain when I was playing. And it just completely effed up everything I was doing while I was playing. Things like, you're not good enough, it's not fast enough, you know, what the hell was that? Stuff that's not really constructive that would just, like, Completely bleed into all of my thoughts, and then I was just playing like shit, like I was playing awful. And I remember just being so frustrated. I was like, "Why am I letting these anxious thoughts and all of these comments like affect me the way that you know they are?" Because I never was like that. I was always just, you know, anxiety is part of the game, but I use it and I play with, you know, all this fire in my belly and let's go. But it wasn't like that once I got to the college game, and. You know, I would puke before practice because I was so anxious that I was going to mess up and I wasn't going to, you know, get the playing time that I want. And then I just stopped eating before practice because then I wouldn't have anything to puke up. Okay, well now you're playing like shit because there's nothing in your stomach and you have no electrolytes even though you drink water all day. So it was just a very vicious cycle. And during all of this anxiety, I also wasn't sleeping. And if anybody knows anything about disturbed sleep, it sucks. It's horrible. When you don't sleep right, especially as an athlete, it fucks up everything you do. And I would literally get like 30 minutes of sleep and my poor roommate, <laughs> Megan, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry, but I was up all the time. I literally get up six times in the night just because I was anxious because I was afraid my alarm, you know, I'd miss my alarm or um, I was just thinking about like scenarios from practice that day or scenarios from practice the next day that didn't even happen yet. And it started to become so crippling to where I couldn't disguise it as well anymore like I had disguised my anxiety for a a long time and I would just you know keep going through nursing school keep grinding and at this point like you could see I was visibly unwell like I would be in the training room and anybody who would see me in the training room would know that I was just like on the brink of tears because I know who I am as an athlete and I know what I can do but I'm so far from that version of myself because all of these anxious thoughts and these comments and these Bad experiences are kind of cr- coming down and crushing my shoulders. And I remember a period where we had just had sprints the pr- like during that practice. And then one, I, I remember like, ugh, like it was yesterday. It gives me chills when I think about it. But we had just run sprints. And I was very tired, very anxious, hadn't eaten anything that day. And my assistant coach, Emily, was talking about the next drill. And she was like, okay, let's go. Everyone starts walking. And as I'm looking at Emily, everything starts just, you know, a little blurry, a little black, a little spotty. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm about to faint. And Emily walks towards me. I was like, I'm about to faint. And I, like, turn pale. And I, I'm i a nursing student, right? I know what to do. You know, go prop your feet up. Go sit down. But I, I was so afraid of the judgment that I was getting from my coach, my teammates. And you know what? That judgment really didn't exist because it was a false narrative. My anxiety placed in my head. But I was literally about to faint. If I hadn't said something, I would have fainted right there. And it was a combination of, okay, you didn't eat. You just did sprints. You probably puked, you know, hours before that practice. You're super anxious, super tired, overworked, and here we are about to faint. And that was a really big turning point for me because then at that moment I was like, I need to open up. I needed to tell somebody, like, this is becoming too much. And I remember going into the training room going in to talk to Kat, and she brought me to this back room, because she saw that I was, you know, like, about to cry. And she took me into this back room, and I call it the cry room, because you could tell that's where athletes go to cry. There's like, a a chair and a desk, and then another chair, and that's where, and it was a dark room with no windows. I was like, yep, this this is the cry room. And I go back there, and I just tell Kat everything. I'm like, listen, I'm not sleeping. Like, I am so anxious. Like, I literally puke all the time. Like, I'm just dumping all this on Kat. And Kat's like, I understand completely however this isn't normal and you need you know let's let's work towards getting help and I had previously contacted the um, Florida Southern like um, counseling center my freshman year when all the COVID stuff happened Um, and so I was like (laughs) they know me and they're just so understaffed and so overworked that they didn't really have like the resources and the time and the dedication to give to me that I really needed and so I like met with them a couple times but it wasn't really that helpful Um, Because at the end of the day, like, I was still experiencing all of these feelings. And so I didn't even want to, like, you know, see my coach at all. Because I was, like, I was just so anxious. And um, I remember I started to get, like, a foot pain that was pretty bad in March when all of this was going on. And, you know, if you know anything about recovery and sleep and taking care of your body, if you don't do those things, you are more prone to injuries. And so I'm over here, like, okay, my foot kind of hurts. But I have kangaroo-looking feet, and I have injuries at the time. And as an athlete, you just kind of gotta push through it. And I also just assumed that it was my bunions. <laughs> I have bunions on my feet. That's so embarrassing. Uh, uh, thanks, mom, for your poor genetics. Anyway, and so I was like, oh, I was just my bunion. It's no big deal. And then it started to get worse and worse. For every single practice, I was shoving my feet in these cleats. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. I can barely walk. Like, I'm walking funny. Like, I'm walking on the outside of my foot. But I didn't want to tell anyone because I was like, all I want to do is play. All I want to do is show and prove to people that, like, what I can do. And now my foot's hurting. And I'm like, well, shit. I can't play well. And it was, like, two games left of the spring season. And I talked to Kat. She was like, okay, well, we have two games left. So we can continue to tape ice, you know, take ibuprofen, whatever. Or we can get an x-ray right now. It's totally up to you. It is spring season, though. So it really doesn't matter. But in my head, I'm like, well, shit, I didn't get a fall season, so this does matter to me. And I should have just listened to Cat and gotten an X-Ray right then and there, because my next two games I played awful, like so bad, worse than anything I could have imagined. And, of course, that completely ruined how I felt about myself, because, again, placing my value as a human is how I'm, you know, performing athletically. I played like shit the last game. But I remember, like, literally not being able to walk. Oh, and not to mention, I was told maybe three hours before the last game that somebody I was really close to passed away. And so I was a mess. Like, I was emotionally a mess. Like, poor Paige behind me, like, heard me weeping. Like, at the bus, and she was like, um, are you okay? And I'm like, <laughs> you know. And so I'm a mess emotionally. My foot's a mess. I can barely walk. I'm a mess because I can't, you know, I didn't eat. I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. And, of course, I wasn't going to play well. Like, what was I thinking? Like, I was not going to play well. And so, I'm over here thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, go out with a bang. And it turns out I make one of the biggest mistakes a center back can make. And I come off the field, like, full-on crying, like, panic attack. No one should come off the field crying and having a panic attack. No one, you know? And, like, people make mistakes. But, that, like, I just remember, like, that was my full-on breaking point. Like, Horrible. And one of the assistant coaches, Darren, God bless his heart, he literally was just, like, consoling me, like, from having, like, a full-on, you know, spiral. And he was like, it's a spring game. Like, like you make mistakes like this in a spring game. It's going to be okay. Like, you're not a bad athlete. And I'm over here, like, (laughs) you know, being stupid. God, I was so annoying. And so once that game happened, I, like, kind of sat with my thoughts. And I was like, in the fall but I'm going to anyway because I'm a nursing major and it's really hard to transfer as a nursing major and like I'm going to finish what I started and I'm a strong person I want my teammates to respect me and all of those thoughts like you know clouded my vision a little bit about like my life and so that was a really hard thing like that bus ride back was really hard like I just didn't really want to talk to anybody but here we are and not to mention I'm grieving like I am grieving the loss of somebody that's super close to me and so I was just a mess And the next day, I go in the training room, and I'm like, please schedule the x-ray. My foot hurts so bad. And I, they, you know, the same day, got me an x-ray. Turns out, I broke my foot. I had a sesamoid fracture, which, little anatomy lesson here. Um, Sesamoid bones are two little bones under the ball of your foot. And they're small, but they're mighty. And they really, like, when you break them, it's kind of a big deal because they don't get a lot of oxygen because they're so small and little. And so, when you break them, it takes a long time to heal. And, of course, I wasn't walking right because my bones are broken. So here we are. I'm in a boot the last, you know, however many weeks that are left of the semester and, you know, going into the summer until June. So I was in a boot for, like, a month and a half. Um, And that was really hard. Like, I just remember, like, I was injured again. Like, my whole life is – Florida Southerners has just been injury after injury, like, problem after problem. And I didn't want to go back. And yet I was still – convincing myself to power through it. But my I knew, like, logically, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, You're miserable. You're unhappy. And of course I had happy memories at Florida Southern, but not a lot of them had to do with soccer. A lot of them had to do with the friendships I've made that, and the teammates that I've, you know, gotten close with. And so I am home now for the summer. I get my boot off, and I start, you know, easing back into working out. But I'm not going as hard in you know, summer training, because I'm like, okay, I just got out of a boot, and I don't want to break my foot again, because that shit hurted, for real. And so, I take it easy the month of June, but of course, like, my anxious mind's like, what are you doing? You have to, you have to keep training, you have to train hard, like, it's summer, like, this is where you get fit, blah, 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 blah. But, at the end of the day, like, I was like, okay, I don't want to injure myself again. So, it was that constant battle back and forth. And I would spiral, um, like, weekly about what I was doing in the fall, and, You know, I had conversations with people who did transfer. Like, Paige, she transferred, like, late June. So, I was like, okay, so if Paige is transferring, that means I can too. And, but I just kind of, like, you know, sat on those thoughts for a while. Because, you know, I'm anxious, as we can clearly tell. And then I had the breakdown of the century. Because I so badly did not want to go back. I cried to my sister, like... I don't want to go back, I don't want to go back, like, you know, like, just completely, not because I couldn't handle the D2 environment, not because I couldn't handle the competition, but because the, just the practice environment, the anxiety, the mental illness love that I had while there, and, you know, like, the coaching staff and the environment that I was in, I was just, like, so fearful, and I'm like, you should be happy to be at college, and right now, this is my nightmare, like, I do not want to be here, and so, I literally said to my mom, like, I would rather take a semester off and work at Starbucks and, you know, find a school later than go back to Florida Southern. And at that point, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to transfer. So, you know, after the mental breakdown of the century, I start getting my crap together. And let me tell you, if you have not transferred schools, it is a piece of work. It is so much paperwork, especially if you're a nursing major because, you know, nursing majors – have to do so much work for, like, their programs. It's so extra. It pisses me off. I'm still actually doing work. I actually had emails that I had to send today. So, that's fun. Um, anywho. So, I'm doing all this work. I'm applying to schools. And at this point, I'm, like, dead set on not going back to Florida Southern. But I can't tell anyone that I'm not going back to Florida Southern because I haven't been accepted to these schools yet. So, I'm, like, just in case I don't get accepted, like, I need something to fall back on, even though it would be miserable, I need something, you know? So, I'm. two weeks go by. I'm waiting for my application to get, you know, approved. And I feel like I'm living a lie. Like, literally, I'm in a fitness group chat with my Florida Southern team. And I'm sending pictures of them, like, doing the workouts. Because I am doing the workouts. But I'm like, damn, they really don't know. And I can't tell anyone. And I it killed me to keep a secret like that from my best friends. And it just sucked. Because I was like, I felt like I was... You know, keeping all this, but I had to. That that was what I had to do. And if I told one person, well, then one person's going to tell another person, and then boom, wildfire. So once I got accepted into Wesleyan, I finally started telling like my really close friends. And I was like, okay, listen, I'm not coming back. (laughs) And those conversations were really hard because it came as as a shock to everybody. Like I never had told people I wanted to leave. Those thoughts were always, you know, kept to myself. And of course, like they knew I was miserable, but they never thought I was going to transfer. And so. They were shocked, but they got it. They they understood because they saw me struggle during my time at Florida Southern. So they, my friends on the team, they were like, oh, I'm really shocked, but I totally understa- understand and respect your decision. And, you know, if I were in your shoes, I, I probably would have done it too. And so here I am having the friends of like, that are just so accepting and so nice, and I'm like transferring it. It makes me kind of sad. Um, but they understood. And when you see – your friend go through the mental stress that I went through. You you'll understand. And so then I have you know I have to make the phone calls of like calling my coach and saying I'm not coming back. And of course they were shocked, but all went well. My transfer papers were signed. Um, and then I finally was able to commit to Wesleyan. In that moment, I was so excited because Wesleyan it's literally ten minutes from my house, and I can live at home save money. I can play on a team that I know is really good because I've been around it for so long. I know the nursing program is really good. And, you know, there's some people from my high school that I really enjoy being around that go to Wesleyan. So I was like, okay, I'm not like, I'm not completely alone on an island. Like I have a group of people. So it just felt like the right decision. And there were so many people from Wesleyan that were rooting for me and that were helping me with making the deadlines a little loose and, you know, helping me with all my nursing crap that, oh, my God, that shit took forever. And there were so many people in the nursing program that really wanted me to be there. And they worked their asses off to get me here. Like, I'm literally, I talked to the director of nursing th- just this morning about doing an independent study to complete one of the course credits. And that's just something that, like, I was like, wow, you would really do that for me? There's just a lot of people that were rooting for me to be there and a lot of people that did so much for me to be there. And I just felt like, you know what, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. Because there's a ton of people that want me here. And so, you know, I commit to Wesleyan, and now my preseason starts literally tomorrow. I'm making this podcast the day before we start, like, with all the testing, whatever. Um, and I'm pumped. Like, I'm actually excited to go into preseason, which is a feeling that I've really never had before preseason. Like, even when I was injured, I was wasn't, you know, running with the team. I was still not really that excited. So... Um, I'm very excited to get started and like to play at a level that's still competitive and, you know, prioritize my schooling as well and be home with my dog. If you know me, you know why I love that dog so much. Like he is my angel. He's my pride and joy. And I'm so excited because he sleeps in my bed like every night and I love him to death. Um, so it's nice to just have those like moments of safeness, I guess. Um, and I've had that independent like, you know, transition, like college student Transitioning to be independent moment already with Florida Southern. So I'm not really worried about me not being able to be independent and not grow up because I've already done it. I lived 18 hours away from home for two years. And so I feel like I've done a lot of the stuff that you do, especially because I'm transferring now two years after I was at Florida Southern instead of just one. So, I mean, I'm excited. I am, I mean, everyone's a little bit nervous, but it's not a nervousness that I can't handle, which is super important and i have no regrets i think i made the right decision i think i'm still going to have friends from florida southern for a lifetime i think they're going to be people from florida southern that are in my wedding like it's important to me to keep those friendships because it was never the girls on the team they were never the reason why i transferred and i I made that very clear to them i said you are not the reason why i transferred and so i really want to preserve those friendships because. That's just who I am. And that's just who I want to continue to be. And although I am going to make new friendships and I'm going to start a new chapter of my life, I will never forget what was there in Lakeland. And I will appreciate everything I've learned. Because there's so much room for growth when you've had the amount of failure that I've had and the amount of hardship that I've had. There's so much room for growth. And now I finally can say like I'm in a place where I'm like genuinely happy and excited like there are people who comment like they'll be like you just look happy and i've never had those comments in like the last year because in the last year to be honest i didn't look happy like there are people who will come up to me who know me i'm like wow like you look like you're just shining brighter like a weight is lifted off your shoulders like four people told me that and i'm like oh my god like it's visible. like people can see that like i'm happy and so that is like the biggest reassurance that like this was meant to be and I'm not saying Wesley will be sunshine and rainbows all the time, and I'm not saying everything will be easy, because that's not the reality. But it's something that I am excited about, that I can manage, um, and I'm ready to be a part of. So, that was a very long, very long synopsis of my transfer story. Um, I I really hope you enjoyed it, (laughs) because... And I thank you for, if you're still listening this much, I thank you for listening. I I know my story is definitely a hefty one. Um, and if you've had those feelings that I was talking about previously, uh, the feelings of anxiety, depression, isolation, you know, all of it, please reach out to somebody. Because even if, like, if you're like me and reaching out to a counselor didn't do much, just speaking about it did so much for me. And speaking about it and r- facing my mental... Like, looking my mental health right in the face and saying, I need to transfer so late in the summer. Like, I transferred so late. And a lot of people are scared to death of it. And shit, I was scared to death of it. But it allowed me to look my mental health in the face, which is something that I'm now eternally grateful for. And I'm going to be able to tell my kids, like, I overcome d- this, you know. And so even if you feel like, oh, it won't even help, It will. It will help in the long run, and I'm a firm believer in, like, in time with love, things tend to work out. Maybe not the ways that you plan them to. Like, I didn't plan a transfer, but here we are. I'm excited. Just please, please, please talk to somebody. It's it's worth it. I would rather have one of my teammates cry every night on my shoulder asking for help than not say anything at all and not see them the next day. It's a huge, huge thing in athletics. The mental health of athletes are just kind of overlooked. And I think schools need to do a better job. I think, you know, we as teammates, coaches, whatever, need to do a better job of looking deeper into ourselves and our teammates. And I just beg that each of, each of you guys, athlete or not, feels like they're valid and feels like they can talk about anything. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable talking about any of that stuff with the people that you're close with, just shoot me a DM. I will leave you anonymous. I just want to be able to be that voice for you and help you if you need it. So, Um, yeah. So, that's pretty much it for this podcast. Um, I'm going to shout out the Instagram one more time, at IWRA Podcast on Instagram. Um, If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's just at Grace Spades. And I will be posting a lot of Wesleyan content once I get started in the preseason. So, you get to see, like, my life a little bit now that I'm in Illinois. Um, now that it's going to be cold during the season, that's going to be a huge change, but, um, I'm excited. I'm ready. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you next time.